Hey everybody and welcome back to Deserts of Plenty. My name is Ralph and uh, thanks for, you know, sticking around and coming back and listening to episode 31. Um, I was just reflecting on, you know, recording. Well, this is the 31st episode, but I've re this is the 30th one I've recorded. But I did have one repeat, the one on anti-fragility, which is one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, just had too much that week and couldn't upload a new podcast so had to have a rerun but that's a good one i think uh I, I like it um yeah so uh i i was just thinking today about um you know the, wh why i do this podcast and uh you know when i started it was uh i, I used to say like oh I'm making our way in this crazy world and i still think that's true i'm still trying to make sense of a world that uh i have my belief now is that it's just it's too um complicated to make sense of our brains which are through years of evolution years hundreds thousands of years of evolution millions of years um you know are are just not equipped to take in this world that we now live in you know, we, I, I can't remember who, who was talking about this, but um, uh, his thing was, well, if you take the entire history of time that human beings have been, a lot, have been in, uh, in existence, so modern humans, so and that's somewhere between 100 and 250,000 years. So, but if you, so let's, let's just assume, okay, 250,000 years, and then you wrote a 1,000 page book. And so each page is 250 years well basically from page one up until like page 950 not much changes right and it's only about 5,000 years ago which would be what 20 pages 200 <laughs> 5,000 divided by 250 uh, yeah that's like 25 pages um, oh my god why, I, why is my math so bad 20 pages um uh, anyway <laughs> the point being for the vast majority of those pages nothing happens and then only about you know whether it's like 6000 BC or 10000 BC we started farming started domesticating uh wolves into dogs uh started living probably in being less nomadic and more staying in place leaving and spreading out from Africa into you know the rest of the world um but that's only just you know a handful of pages ago and then this page that we're on page 1000 is 250 years old so that would go back to like 1750 roughly and almost everything that we see around us has been happened in the last 250 years so the point being our brains have not evolved they're not caught up to where we are now we're still these brains were designed that first 900 and 50 70 970 pages and now we're in a world that is so complex and so different from what our brains were evolved to do right that you know having a group of maybe 150 people you know now as communities you you may have thousands of contacts you know, or hundreds and it's just too many people or just even being uh, aware of the tragedies that befall people a half a world away and of course it's tragic to hear about it but 
it's like, oh, shrug it off and then get back to thinking about your grocery list. Um, anyway, it's just, uh, I still think that's what this podcast is about for me. It's trying to make sense of the world as much as I can, uh, letting go of what I can't even hope to hope to understand and just being okay with everything. And that's one thing I want to talk about today is one of the, one of the things that I now have come to believe and or realize that uh, brings me, makes, makes it easier for me to exist in this world, you know, with everything that's going on from the destruction of our environment to, um, you know, the threat of nuclear war, which doesn't go away. And we all just kind of like put our heads down and just kind of like, well, didn't happen today. Hope it doesn't happen tomorrow. Um, I guess one of those things is one of those things that's even just too horrible to even contemplate it happening. And, uh, you know, we know from the historical records now that there have been many times when, you know, the nuclear war has been averted. Uh, Stanislav Petrov, I think, is the guy who in 1983, in the wake of the Korean air disaster, was at his post and he saw five nuclear warheads heading towards the Soviet Union and uh, you know if if he and he just made a decision not to pass that along and his orders were to pass that along up the chain of command and that could have if if he had passed it along could have triggered a huge Soviet response that to what was actually uh, you know a glitch and uh his reasoning was, well, if, the, if America was going to launch a surprise attack, it wouldn't send five missiles. It would send a lot. And so he decided on his own to not pass it along. And had he, the world as we know it may have ended in 1983. Uh, but that's not even the only one that, you know, the only time it came close to nuclear annihilation. Anyway, <laughs> it's the kind of stuff that if you really thought about it, it probably drive you insane. So we've got to just kind of like let a lot of things just go. And uh, as the world gets more complicated and, and and harder for our monkey brains to understand, eight brains, I guess I should say. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think maybe we got to pick and choose. Anyway, that's what this podcast is about. It's a long-winded introduction to say what what is going on with me and that's what it is anyway so that brings me to today's topic which is uh this comes from the buddha and uh wise wise fella anyway uh so we probably all aware of our uh, you know five sense organs you know our eyes that see our ears that hear taste buds touch um smell etc so those are the five uh but the Buddha also saw our conscious brain as a sense organ. And uh, what it sensed, so the eyes, we sense light rays, we see images, our ears hear sounds. Of course, we all know that. But he, And he said the brain was also a sense organ. But what it sensed were, were the thoughts that bubbled up from our, what we would call it, our, our subconscious. Um, and so why, why is that? of practical use or interest is that 
um, he said that the the thoughts that arise unbidden in our brains are no more ours than the light rays that enter our eyes when we see objects. We we are not we don't own those things. We're, we're not responsible for them. They are experiences appearing in consciousness. They are they are not. So, for me, you know, I, I have a terrible fear of heights. And uh, for a long and, and one of the reasons I have a fear of heights, like many people have phobias, is that when I'm in a really high place and I feel my hands get really clammy, uh, there's a little voice inside my head that tells me to jump. I don't know where that voice comes from, and I, but I always thought it had something to do with me that I was I had a death wish or I was in some way responsible for that. But now I see that not as a responsibility that I have or that it's some deep side of myself that is self-destructive or whatever. It is a thought that comes unbidden. It's not mine. My consciousness perceives it. And now it's much easier for me to go, oh, that's just something that arises in consciousness. It's not, it's not directing me to do anything. It's just whatever my subconsciousness, subconscious making you're thinking about the range of possibilities that could happen. And that's one of the ones that's sending forward and my conscious brain, uh, recognizes it. Uh, but now I think of it that, that, that wherever that thought came from, uh, as not mine, I'm not responsible for it. It is my, the sense organ that is my conscious brain is just perceiving this thought that's coming unbidden out of somewhere. The same way that the light rays that bounce off objects and into my eyes so that I can perceive them are not mine. I don't own any of that stuff. I only own what my choices are and what I decide to do with the information I have. So my thoughts are not mine. I'm not responsible for them. They are not some, in any way, some kind of um, window into my soul. They just are there. And then it's up to me to do what I will with them. That's the conscious choice that I make. Um, but the thoughts themselves are not mine. And so I find that really kind of freeing um, because, uh, yeah, the, we, we, you know, you can't control. If you've ever tried meditation, and I do now, I meditate daily. And uh, one of those things that I highly recommend, uh, if you've never done it, to give it a shot. It's, uh, it's, I'm a big fan of it. And, uh, but one of the things about meditating, if you ever try to just sit quietly and just open up all your senses to the world around you, is you just, within seconds, you're flooded with thoughts. And you get distracted and you stop thinking about your breathing if you're focusing on your breathing or you stop thinking about the sounds in in your environment or the pressure of your body sitting on a chair you get lost in thought and um and if you've ever tried to not think it's just impossible i don't think unless you're really disciplined i can't see anybody doing that for more than a few seconds uh and every time I consciously try to do it, I'm sure it's within a minute, I'm thinking about something. Uh, 
something just comes into my brain. And I think those thoughts now as like uh, waves that come in uh, from the ocean and as the wave comes out, it deposits something. And that thing in my brain is a thought. And I can choose to act on it or I can just let it go. And it doesn't define me. It's just, it's like just, it's like random noise. It's, it's popcorn kernels and you don't know which one's going to pop. And that whatever one pops is the thought that comes up. And it's, it's completely random and disconnected. And uh, it's just part of the noise. The, the exact way, like if you're just sitting, meditating, and your window's open and, car, and a car goes by outside. Or it's a truck. Or it's a motorcycle. Or it's an ambulance. There's no more control over any of that. It just happens. Our control such as it is, is deciding what to do with that. And that's one of the, you know, for people who think, if you think free will is real, <laughs> just sit down and say, okay, if you're, if you, if free will is real, sit down and don't, and don't think about anything for two minutes and see how far you get. Um, if you can do it, my hat's off to you. All right. Well, that's my thing today. Uh, it, I, to me, I just find that incredibly kind of liberating. It really removes from me the sort of judgment I would have, I had of myself of thinking certain things and like, Oh, what does that say about me? What kind of person thinks about being up on a high place and, and jumping because just to see what would happen. I mean, of course I know what's going to happen. I'll be killed if I do that. But that's, that was the thought that would always, these intrusive thoughts that would, you know, come into my head, which is uh, according to one psychologist or psychiatrist I spoke to, is uh, in that kind of realm of, of obsessive compulsive disorders, those intrusive thoughts about doing self-harm to yourself. And I never would do it, but it's so, it's so terrifying. And that's why I hate heights because the minute I'm up there and I, and I know in my conscious brain, it would just take a, a second. It would just take a second of me listening to that voice for me to be dead. And that's why, for me, I find heights so terrifying because all I have to do is lose control of my <laughs> impulses for a second and I would jump. But I mean, I know I would never do that, you know, but, you know, it brings me to another podcast idea that I'll be talking about soon. The odds are never 0% or never 100%. So there is a chance as small and as slight as that is, but it just takes one time, right? Anyway, that's why I'm afraid of heights. And this idea that these thoughts that are intrusive are not mine and they have nothing to do with me, my, you know, my, the person that I consider myself, if self is even a real thing, which is a whole other topic and interesting side journey. What is the self? Is there a self? What does that mean? <laughs> I love these rabbit holes that you can go down. And I love that, you know, there's certain questions that hopefully will never be answered. Because if you could answer every question, you'd be kind of finished. You'd be like, well, now what? Not a lot left to do. Anyway, that's my time today. Thanks very much for tuning in. And I, I hope some of this makes you think, resonates with you. Please feel free to write me, send me notes. I'd love to know what's going on with everybody. Thanks very much. Have a great week. Bye-bye.